welcome to Stories of Success. My name is Natalia Nicholson, founder of Women in Digital Business, and I am here with my sister, a mental health, well-being expert, advocate, and also a HR professional for major corporations. Um, today, we are going to be doing a Black History Month special. So even though I've said that, I've also got to squeeze this little one in as well. Black History Month shouldn't just be about one month. Um, I feel quite strongly about that. Um, the reason why there is a Black History Month is because we are the one race or nation that seems to have lost our history and we don't seem to know where we came from past slavery. But I feel like this month, I really want to focus more on our excesses, successes as a people. I feel that even to have a Black History Month and to have organisations like Black Lives Matter to be in 2021 where there is now world recognition that there is not enough people from underrepresented backgrounds and communities and especially us as black people in high enough positions and people, organisations, society, politics, economics wanting to do something about that. To me, that's just a power of who we are as a people. Um, so today I kind of want to take this show to just mark that and kind of just look at three key people within history that have done things that we should be celebrating mm -hmm. rather than looking at the whole slavery element and you know what we went through as a people I'm not trying to diminish that or take it away but I want to look at our power as a people um, so I think it's really important to focus on the achievements of three black women in the fields of health sports and politics. So I'm not going to go through your normal, usually, you know, what we've all heard of before. Um, so the first one, um, any of you that watch this show knows that Annabelle writes all of our scripts, well research, and anybody that watches this show also knows that me and my sister, we don't actually prep. We read it completely off the cusp. Literally. Literally, and we discuss it. And, you know, our role here with this show is just to highlight the stories of success so we can empower, uplift, motivate and just let women know especially women from underrepresented backgrounds that don't see yourselves in the media you don't see a reflection of yourselves being successful for where you're striving to go you can listen and watch this show and know that actually what i want to do does exist it has been done so it can give you that confidence to just push forward in life so the first one we're going to look at is dame donna kinnear dbe and if any of you watched the show that we did on MBE, OBEs and CBEs, I didn't actually know DBE existed, just to let you know, we didn't cover that one. Um, so that's a new one. And Dame Donna Kinnear is actually from the health sector. So many black women who came from the Caribbean to settle in the UK wanted to pursue careers as nurses. This goal was thwarted by racism, which meant that numerous women had the abilities to be nurses, were not able to, and couldn't get any type of job in a UK hospital. The lucky ones were only able to secure positions as orderlies and were viewed as highly disposable in the hospital. Although, of course, their cleaning responsibilities mm. prevented infections and saved lives. Um, and this is a common problem for many communities, not just the black communities, that uh, when, um, you know, those that came from the, tr the slave um, Atlantic tra slave trade, oh, let me get the words out, you know, it, it happens here today. Even if you look at your field in HR, where you have got people that are massively qualified, they could be a surgeon, whether they were coming from the Caribbean, Eastern Europe and other places in the world. Actually, they cannot 
come into this country and many of the Western countries and powers and get the same role as they did in the country of origin. And I feel like a lot of that is to do with um, biases. Um, biases that, you know... So are you saying that it happened back then or, or you're talking about current? Well, it, it happened back then to Dame Donna, who we're speaking about, and yeah. a lot of the women had nurses. But I feel like, for me, this is still going on today. Absolutely, 100%. I still feel like this is going on yeah. today still, where I even met um, a guy that was head of facilities for a facilities company, um, a cleaning company, that came from Poland and was a qualified surgeon. Couldn't get a job in this country as being it at all. Not even as a doctor, not a nurse, nothing. And then had to end up working as a cleaner and then works his way up, which is why he's a facilities manager now. And you know, you're like, wow. It's not just a, a black thing. It's a non-UK coming into this country as an immigrant thing. And actually, it does still happen today. And, you know, knowing people from different walks of life and, you know, oh, my mum or dad came in or I came here. I am qualified, but I can't practice here. So I'm just having to do this driving job. How many Uber drivers have you heard with that story? Uber's a brilliant example. How many example. Uber drivers have you heard with that story? Um, so for me, this kind of hits a raw nerve, if you want to honest with you. I don't feel okay. like, I feel like back then you had to just put up and shut up. And now we're protected by, um, well, not we are protected. There are laws and processes and criteria put into place that gives a yeah, but no, but yeah, but. And this is when, and again, I'm going to say it out loud because we are on social media. Not all the time you can sit on the fence. So I'm not trying to offend anyone, but it, it is my opinion. So when we talk about things like the UK not being racist or prejudiced, I'm so sorry. Um, you know, I've been watching the Mary Jane thing, you know, mm. and she's like, oh, shit. Being, <laughs> being Mary Jane. Yeah, being Mary Jane. It's just, it, it, that's, the, these are examples that are still living with us here today. But to go on back to Dame Donna um, Kinnear, despite the barriers and negative views of other medical professionals, as I've always said, black women have never just given up on their dreams. Finally, after continuous requests to be able to train as nurses, um, and a handful of black men, women were able to train as a state enrolled nurses. So within that small criteria where some nurses were let through with sheer determination, resilience and positivity, actually black nurses continue to push forward for training opportunities. So when you think about it now, even when you heard the passion in my voice and what we just spoke about and you feel like that's wrong, you know, it's still carrying on today. What I take my hat off for to these women is that actually back then people didn't complain as much, Andrea. They actually thought, you know what, what's the way around this? So I'm going to have to retrain. I'm going to get onto that training program that only three or four people can get onto because I want to make change. And I think for me, that's what I really take my hat off to. There's a resilience. Uh, I think those resilience stories are smaller in comparison to those that were worn down. I mm. think there were a lot that were worn down and their dreams were smashed. You know, there's, there's, there's only a small portion that dug deep, you know, maybe had different types of support. <laughs> maybe it was like a princess in a different world, had their, <laughs> had their coffers of, you know, their diamonds in there, I don't know, you know. But there are, there are more people whose dreams were squashed because yeah. they thought they could come to leave their, their, their home of origin, come to this country and get that dream job in yeah. their field of specialism that they qualified and worked hard for. And, and, and it's the second generation that you hear that story from more, not them. They won't talk about it. No. It, it feeds down 
So it's their son or their grandson yeah. or their daughter. That pull up and shut up again. Yeah. Think, oh, I remember with my nan. I remember, you know, it comes from the second generation, but that's another topic. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. But it does sadden me, but it's not about being no, sad today. I'm trying not to. Day. Sorry, sorry. No, but you're right. It's, it's hard not to. And this is just an example of what can happen with this as well. Um, so the path was long and difficult. The barriers that those black nurses faced during, um, you know, ingrained racism was a rife in the UK at the time. And sorry to say, uh, my sister and I, is it at that time or actually is this still going on now? You know, your comments are welcomed um, on this programme as well. Make sure you put it, you put it in there. So this is why I want to look at the amazing story of Donna Kinnear who trained as a nurse and volunteer to care for HIV patients. It is vital to note at this time, HIV was feared and misunderstood by many nurses and other medical professionals who refused to treat HIV patients. Mm. Donna progressed to become a health visitor determined to change the health inequalities faced by black and minority groups in the UK. So following a master's degree in medical law and ethics, Donna chose to concentrate on child protection and held roles, including strategic commissioner for children's services, clinical director of emergency medicine, director of commissioning. In 2008, Donna Kinnear was appointed Dame Commander of the Order of British Empire. It is amazing, but she didn't stop there pushing forward with her mission to ensure healthcare was accessible to black and other minority groups. In 2010, Donna became a member of the Prime Minister's Commission and accepted invitations to lecture worldwide, inspiring and influencing a future of generation of nurses and medical professions. Donna also stayed true to her roots as a nurse. Um, in 2015, Donna was appointed the prestigious position of Head of Nursing at the Royal College of Nursing, RCN. Her conviction to make positive and long-lasting change within the NHS and incredible perseverance and dedication led to her rising up the ranks further. In 2016, Donna was appointed Director of Nursing Policy and Practice. Many people would have been satisfied, satisfied to stop pushing forward at this point, not Donna. Her resolution and purpose led her to the highest level possible in the Royal College of Nursing. It goes on. 2018, Donna was appointed Acting Chief Executive and General Secretary of um, RCN. This was made a permanent position in 2019. Donna's impact through her drive and fortitude within the NHS and wider healthcare provisions across the world has impacted thousands. Both women and men are now able to pursue careers in nursing and other medical professions that held so many of the Windrush generation back. In 2020, Donna was an influential in the provision of pro protective personal equipment, PPE, for nurses and other medical professions treating patients infected with COVID-19 and following her 20 years of sheer courage and single-mindedness, Donna Kinnear was named on the, on the power list as one of the 100 most influential people of African or African-Caribbean heritage in the United Kingdom. Professor Dame Donna Kinnear, DBE, continues to challenge the government to ensure both the training opportunities and safety of all nurses remain a high priority, regardless of the political climate. Yeah. I will, I will say a good thing back 
you're reading too much, but it's so in, it's so interesting, it's so powerful, it's so inspiring, it's awesome. Um, it just makes you want to know more. Yeah, and that um, really it's makes you want to um, cry there. Someone like that, you know, is who deserves statues across the UK. Like when we look at the incidents that has happened and we see the people that there are statues of in and around the UK and at what that time they really didn't represent it compared to a woman like this. Yeah. And you know, in schools And we shouldn't just be celebrating these achievements because it's Black History Month. That within itself is just so wrong. And do you know so what wrong. another thing as well? Have you noticed that the figures that we do celebrate with Black History Month tend to be of those that died like I've been wondering this, Andrew, a lot. Why do we never honour people while they're alive? It seems to be that once they've gone, they're honoured because out of everything I just read, there should be your honour somewhere in there for everything that she's done. We're talking about huge selfless acts. Even for someone coming from a Caribbean African community and dealing with HIV at that time, Mm-hmm. and all the negative connotations that went with HIV and coming from that community, mm-hmm. that tells you alone about her and her characteristics and her what stories, she thought. Why her story is powerful is that she's not a black woman just doing things for black people. She is a black a woman of colour who's doing things for people that are being sidelined, that people are not given no, no, no understanding around those that... Um, suffer from HIV, you know, she, she's supporting the underrepresented, irrespective of what your background is, as a woman of colour. Yeah. For me, that's what it is. It's not just about being, you know, someone who is just there for your community. It's just someone who's being, who's acting with kindness. It doesn't take much to act with kindness and to really drive forward an agenda that benefits people that could get sidelined and it has such a horrible impact yeah. on them. And sorry, I'm on my soapbox now. The program pose, the program pose that really highlighted um, the um, the yeah the the abuse the from verbal to being mistreated that um, transgender individual would, would suffer the the, the HIV and, and the AIDS and you know we we were we were kind of I remember the. Um, the, the concert that Bob Gelder put on me you know, around Feed the World. Yeah. It's all it's all around music. I don't understand it. It's only now yeah. that I watch Pose beautifully put together that just makes me just want to cry. Some other um, other series that are coming out at, at at this moment in time that really amplifies those lost stories. Yeah. And, and how the- people were treated like second class citizens when it's just wrong. And it wasn't just happening in the US. You know, Pose. Um, represented and articulated what was happening in the US at the time around the, the transgender community and those um, affected by HIV and, and then AIDS. Here we have our own story, It's a Sin. That programme, the way how it just... And and that's the thing, when, when people who are not seen as normal can come together and create a sense of community, a sense of belonging, that in your normal world, in day-to-day life, it's missing. And that's what we need to change the script on. That's what we need to change. Yeah, the narrative needs to be changed. Absolutely. It shouldn't just be the minority appreciating and understanding that we all have different backgrounds, we all have different beliefs, we all have different value systems. Um, Just need to come together in a world where you're appreciated. Yeah. 
Yeah, um, I couldn't agree more. And I think for me as well, like we see so many documentaries, anybody that either works in, you know, BBC, Channel 4, Channel 5, any of Sky, you know, that puts documentaries out, knows of journalists, um, is influenced by stories. It's funny how we don't see documentaries at this time of year about people like this and their impact that they've had on not just our own community, but others. And like, just like you said, just complete and utter selfless acts. And not only that, it's just the adversity that she would have to have gone through to put herself in that position to have helped others. Um, that's that's a really amazing story. So again, yeah, um, definitely maybe, number one. Maybe that's, um, that's the next step because after um, the horrific George Floyd um, incident, it was all about knowledge. So therefore the stories that were coming out were quite horrendous. The, the press coverage, the documentaries, it was all about the struggles. We now need to elevate it to the next level in now education in terms of the good story. Yeah, the successes. The success Couldn't story. say that any better. Next one is definitely one of my favourites. Donna Fraser, OBE. Um, this is covering sports. So most of you will know who Donna Fraser is. Um, Donna refused to allow anyone to hold her back. And with her parents' unwavering belief in her abilities, Donna overcame barriers in sports to become a four-time Great Britain Olympian. Um, you know, she has said um, on Sky, my parents fought for me to be included. Her triumphs as a great British Olympian are just a small part of her inspirational story. She's actually a world champion bronze medalist, European champions bronze medalist, a European indoor champion silver medalist and a European indoor championships bronze medalist. To only recognise Donna for her incredible sporting achievements, um, would do her great injustice. Her drive and tenacity has led Donna to become a highly influential figure determined to motivate and make sporting careers a real possibility for everyone, regardless of minority groups or lack of funding. Her unexpected retirement in 2019 from competitive athletics due to her breast cancer diagnosis um, would have been more than enough reason for Donna to choose to take a back seat. Yet she did no such thing. In fact, Donna went on to hold numerous positions where she could exert influence and make the world of sport fairer for each and every person who has the ability to drive and has dedication to become a sporting professional. So she's actually 2011 to 2015 president, South of England Athletics Association. 2013 to 2015 chair of Bain Network. Bain, can't say I love the term, sorry. Black, Asian and minority ethnic at EDF Energy. 2015, Vice President of UK Athletic Members Council. 2017, Organised Committee of IAAF World Athletics Championships and World Para-Athletics Championships in London. It goes on. 2017 was a significant year for Donna, who also went on to become the UK, the first UK athletics equality and diversity lead. Her mission was to ensure that there was real and long lasting Bain representation within all sport. You know, you've heard her say again on Sky Sports, diversity brings so much more than visibility. It, it's to do with finances, it's having diversity of thought around the table. It has to be reflective of our sport and athletics is extremely diverse. Um, Donna Fraser says. In 2018, Donna was also the first woman to receive the freedom of the Borough of Croydon for services to sports in almost 100 years 
um, in where she was consequently rightly awarded Outstanding Women in Sports at the Precious Awards. Donna's representation, um, you know, Donna's perseverance, sorry, representation, dedication to diversity and equality resulted in her taking up two key roles at UK Athletics UKA. Um, so that was a long one, but um, Donna Fraser is a big one for me. Um, and sometimes I feel like in our community, she doesn't get the props that she deserves necessarily, if that makes any sense. And I think she's been a big voice and an advocate. But for me with sports, I would say, um, what's the word that I'm looking for? I'm trying to be politically correct. I'm sorry, it's our show. I'm not going to be. I definitely have got feelings about the sports industry that I need to reflect in more of a positive light. When we look at British athletics and we see the greats and the contributions of British athletics, many people are from second and third generation that aren't necessarily, you know, when they were on a form, they're not actually considered British. You know, like if they had to tick the the the, the race box, that's not actually what they would come for. But yet when we are running for athletics, we're now considered British. And I feel like there's a lot I need to take away from Donna Fraser and reading that out in not looking at it like that. Mm. Does that make any sense? But I'm just being real and speaking out about how, you know, I feel. There are many when it comes to um, British athletics and we look at sports that, like I said, um, are coming from underrepresented backgrounds. And I just feel like sometimes we're British when it suits. And I feel like, Annabelle, what you put together on Donna Fraser is that what she's saying is entirely, no, we shouldn't look at it like that. We have to see diversity in sports and she's been an advocate about that. So I feel like I need to check myself on this one. <laughs> Interesting. So I used to work with Donna at India Energy and she's a very quiet, humble person. Um, I mean, crumbs, that, I, that was back in 2010 and beyond then. I've always kept in contact with her, just occasionally. Um, and she quite again, she quietly does her thing. She doesn't make a big, you know, show and dance about it. She's she, she'll post on LinkedIn and kind of show you what she's trying to do, but not in a very not not forceful. She's quietly making waves to make changes. She is the most humble person that I know in in athletics, and I know a couple just through knowing her and my other dear friend who you, you also know. Um, and again, it's just that not talking more about recognising, giving yourself a pat on the back. She's not a pat on, the, pat on my own back type of person. She just gets on with it. But her, you know, in terms of what she's trying to achieve, um, what she's achieved today, she, amazing. Amazing. Yeah. And it's funny, um, hearing Annabelle put her story together, it's really funny that you said that about her being really humble. It reads in her history, um, if that makes any sense, being so humble. So what she's done for me is humbled me off my soapbox, if that makes any sense, to get back to actually the real point of sports and what she's out there trying to make changes for. Yeah. Um, yeah. And understanding. Not based on her own experiences, not based on actually, it's about, you know, coming, you don't have to fight to make change. You can make change in a positive way that isn't a confrontational way. Yeah. Based on my bad experience, so I'm gonna, there's, yeah. yeah. And she, she's, she's that person. Yeah. Yeah, so you've taught me a two, I think, um, Donna, today. Um, absolutely amazing CV and career. And again, she deserves... <laughs> another hidden gem, another hidden figure. Um, and lastly, we are going to look at... 
Ah, oh, I'm really sorry. I have to point this out, by the way. I didn't see this. I'm really sorry. I've got to go back to Donna. Really, really sorry. Um, this, yeah, Donna. I didn't know this. Rude. We've forgotten about Donna. I know. She was awarded an OBE. <laughs> I didn't know that. For services to equality, diversity and inclusion, inspired to embed inclusive and diverse cultures. Donna is now international speaker, um, strategist and charity ambassador. As a key figure within the national governing body of Let's Talk About Race programme, Donna has been a powerful component to tackle issues of racial inequality. The Let's Talk About Race sessions have been fundamental with the priority recommendations to be included in the UK Diversity Action Plan for 2021 to 2024. As a part of her mission to inspire young people and share her story with the future generation, Donna is truly remarkable and she can even be booked as a school speaker. So you are going to see the link on the screen. Um, sorry, Donna. Really, really, really sorry. Um, and yeah, again, it might be nice to have Donna on. We need to have some guests on our show. <laughs> so we'll make sure that we tag um, everybody that we've mentioned today. So this is a really, really interesting one, Annabelle, that you've picked for number three. And this woman, I feel like she gets some really, really, really unfair press. Um, and she covers politics. I don't know if you know who I'm about to say. I have a feeling. Diane Abbott. <laughs> Bless her. Bless her. Right, let's read um, Diane Abbott. This feels like this is my life. Um, but I do feel she she's made some huge achievements and I don't feel like they get justified at all. So let's look at Diane Abbott because she does deserve a shout out, actually. So the first black woman ever elected into the House of Commons. Diane Abbott made history in 1987. Diane never allowed the host the hostility and lack of support from numerous politicians in the Labour Party to deter her. There are even reports of brick being a brick being thrown at her campaign office window. Diane, incredibly, was not discouraged to pursue a career as a politician and went on to become the first Black Labour leadership candidate, Black Shadow Home Secretary. There is no doubt that Diane, Diane's courage, drive and determination during the historic election in 1987 has been in part responsible for so many black women pursuing political careers. Before looking into the work Diane is currently involved in, let's review a few of Diane's most memorable contributions because I don't feel like they um, get highlighted enough. So 2008, counter-terrorism terrorism bill debate. Diane's speech during the counter-terrorism bill debate won the, spectac the Spectators magazine's Parliamentary Speech of the Year Award and was also recognised during the 2008 Human Rights Awards. 2010, Diane was the first black woman to run for Prime Minister during the Labour leadership election. Although Diane was not successful, with tenacity and passion in 2015, Diane openly criticised Labour's controls of immigration, pledge, um, controls of immigration, pledge and continues to stand up for the rights of minorities. During the period when Theresa May was Prime Minister, Diane and her team worked tirelessly to help uncover evidence that Theresa May had not acted ethically concerning people who were wrongly detained, denied legal rights, threatened with deportation and at least 83 cases wrongly deported from the UK by the Home Office. Her efforts have been instrumental in securing the Windrush Compensation Scheme. Mm. 
More recently, in 2019, Diane became the first black MP at the dispatch box to represent a party during Prime Minister's questions. With both compassion and unwavering courage, Diane has shown that she will always be on the lookout for unfair practices and will object openly without fear of retribution. Um, I feel like Diane, sorry. No, don't, don't, don't apologise. And let, um, let me be the first one to talk because I think yeah, that in terms please. of listening to all of um, Diane's achievements, unfortunately, when I say bless her, I don't mean it condescendingly. What she is now known for is being misquoted. What she's now known for is gaffes or not knowing her facts. And sometimes when you're in the public eye, you are being interviewed in a way that will trip you up to prove that you, you know, you don't know or you shouldn't be in that position. And and we've all experienced and, and what, that as women of colour oh as well. for sure, yeah. for sure. <laughs> but I like, what I respect her for is her, her level of resilience and irrespective of all the bad press that she gets, when the two um, black ladies who are walking home across um, the, the, the common, like, like eight o'clock in the evening, and there were, there were half-sisters, they were followed to the Tesco's, and they both yes. got murdered, and didn't really speak about it at the time. Yeah. Diane was there advocating for something needs to be done about this, this guy needs to, I can't, I, mean, I, won't, I don't want to quote names and talk about you yeah. know, things in the press too, too, too much, but Diane, Diane was there. Um, she is active in the community. If she believes in something, if she believes in injustice, she's there. She's not there to promote herself from a PR perspective. She's there because she believes it's wrong. Yeah. And I will never take that away from her. It's just unfortunate that, you know, she, she's, she's picked in a way where, read, I would never believe any of that stuff. Yeah, never I, I'm going to be honest with you. I, did, I didn't actually know that she was going to um, run for prime minister. Any woman of colour that has the guts to stand up and run for prime minister, you've got to take your hat off. And I just want to say as well, for me, with Diane Abbott, what she does show is resilience. Like, one thing I'll give her is that actually, for her to, you know, take the attack that she's been and still get up and stay true to what she believes in and what she's saying, without taking on board, you know, what others think or they have to say, and she pushes through with that, I feel like in terms of resilience, she is a really, really good example of that. Um, and she pushes through with that. And I think you're right in terms of the being misquoted, but I just feel like she's unapologetic. She is who she is. She says what she says. Yeah. She says what she says that. and she means what she says. And actually, if you don't like it, I don't really think oh, she well. cares. Yeah. <laughs> and sometimes when, you know, people are coming for you and you're accused at this... Not everyone's going to like you in life. So actually, I think there's a takeaway from Diane Abbott that we can all yeah. take away from that. Not everybody's going to like you, but as long as you stay true to who you are and you're comfortable who you are, yeah. who cares? Exactly. Um, so with that said, we wrap up today on three amazing features for Black History Month. That's the wrap and story to success. Please put your comments in the link. Please make sure you like. Please make sure you share. Check the links out where you can hear more about um, my webinars and please make sure you come and check our weekly show out. We have tagged everybody that we've spoken about. So hopefully we'll be having some guests soon. And those people, I hope you do comment because we love you all and you are what make Stories of Success by featuring your wonderful beings. Um, God bless. See you on the next episode. Thank you.